Welcome to BuildCast, a podcast brought to you by BCG Digital Ventures. Each episode, we sit down with CEOs, entrepreneurs, designers, and engineers with a diverse set of backgrounds. The one thing they have in common, a desire to build. We ask what gets them out of bed in the morning, about the challenges they've faced, and what they're excited to build next. I'm Vuk Trifkovic, Product Director at DV Berlin, and in, for this episode of BuildCast, I'm joined by Markus Matz. Markus is currently CEO of OpenSC. It's an impact venture built by BCGDV in partnership with the World Wildlife Fund for Nature. And OpenSC uses advanced technology to enable more sustainable, ethical and profitable supply chains. And before OpenSC, Markus was a venture architect director at DV, working both in Berlin and Sydney. Hello. Hello, welcome. Thank you. Welcome to podcast. And as we usually do, can you tell us what was the first thing that you've built? First thing I built, um, to be honest, I am not very good with succinct and precise memories from my childhood, but I'm pretty sure it must have been a bicycle, just considering how um, sort of bike fanatic my, uh, my dad was. And um, I do remember building quite a few with him. So I'm going to go with the bicycle. Excellent. Quite sophisticated in a way. Good, good, good first try. But you've been building things ever since. Started your career on, in more of a traditional strategy consulting with BCG. But you were very early on a member of a team in, in DV as we, as we were established. Can you tell us a little bit about how did that transition happen? Absolutely. Um, so I think it's very fair to say that um, for some time while I was at BCG, I was probably doing things that BCG doesn't do themselves or at least not alone anymore ever since DV is there. I had transitioned from um, BCG in Germany to BCG in Australia um, and then DV was founded and I was in contact with some of the founding members in Manhattan Beach quite early on and was actually really close to moving over to Manhattan Beach. Then um, one of the guys said, actually, we're thinking about buying a small design-focused firm in Sydney to make that sort of the starting point of DV in Asia, build out of Sydney, and um, whether I didn't want to stay in Sydney to manage the day-to-day of that acquisition and then transfer over in that team, which I loved because I love Sydney. And um, so that's how, how it started and how I got to um, kind of start the whole journey of DV um, in, in Sydney. How was that transition from uh, from kind of as we jokingly call it, you know, dark classic green, into a hexagon of a DV? You mean how was my how was my change over to the dark side? For me personally, I never looked back. Um, I really loved my time at BCG, but um, in almost every aspect, um, for me personally, um, it gave me more of what I wanted to get out of my career when transitioning into um, into DV. A lot of the topics that I had worked on on the BCG side were already. Um, sort of trying to get into a direction of DV, but then couldn't because we didn't have the build capabilities. We weren't, you know, going in that direction. And so um, for me, that was um, quite a liberating experience um, to then start working in a company where um, where that's the core of what you do. And did your past experience uh, help you in any way? I mean, what was your background from that perspective? Perhaps something in studies? Or- I think it helped a lot with regards to things like corporate partner relationship management and sort of understanding some of the nuances of needing to get decision makers that are still operating in the reality of a large corporate, um, you know,
know, excited about new experimental and risky things that um, uh, we we want to build. I think from that perspective, it helped me. Um, it helped me a lot. Um, depending on the venture, there were also things where I just had a little bit of industry knowledge prior to it. But I think the um, sort of stakeholder management aspect was probably the most helpful. Is it changing these days? I mean, digital has been a big topic for quite a lot while now. And do you do you detect any changes in attitudes? Yes and no. So I think it has changed with regards to digital. Absolutely. Right. Like we don't have to explain to people anymore that that's anywhere and everywhere. I think where it hasn't changed as much is probably the idea of venturing, right? Of building something new, zero to one. And now, of course, that's a part of what we do, but it's quite ingrained in the way we build it. And so there's still quite a bit of persuasion that is often needed in order to get people comfortable with that and have them understand why it's beneficial. And in your experience, what has been the biggest gap? What, what Which particular field perhaps is still a little alien to corporates when it comes to venturing and building the most important one must be the acceptance that failure happens right that you you're going into something knowing that there's a significantly greater than zero chance that it'll just not work out but accepting that you will learn from that and um, um, you'll be able to do that i think on a like super senior management level uh, definitely board level of large corporates but also um, a level below that i think people have started to understand that I, i feel like there's less and less people left who don't take that on as a mentality but For a lot of people that have, so to speak, grown up um, their entire careers within corporates, it, it doesn't come natural to them. Interesting, interesting. Let's see how does this keep evolving as, a, as, a, yeah. as, as yeah, we yeah, go forward. And today you're a CEO of uh, one of the ventures that uh, BCGDV was involved in starting. Yeah. But that's, you know, to start a venture it doesn't come from, you know, in, in a single day. And what was the path that actually led you to being a CEO of OpenSC? How did OpenSC came about and how did you end up leading it? Okay, so I think there's there's a couple of dimensions. The first one is sort of like, what's the pathway to then sort of continuing on um, with a venture that you've built? Within DV, you kind of become the serial entrepreneur that has to break his own heart all the time because you build something you really love it and then you kind of like make yourself obsolete and gotta let it go right i think it's probably fair to say that in in the case of OpenSC, i love it too much to just let it go um so that's sort of the um mechanical pathway um there i think um it's something that um you know as dv evolves and progresses will be an interesting thing because um you know if we build really exciting things and the people who are building them should be really excited for them and from time to time should be so excited that they want to stick with it exactly right? we if we don't we're not actually building interesting companies no look i completely agree and we see that you know more and more people are excited about the stuff that we build therefore um you know uh, it is to be expected that someone to stick with it so that's the one part why am i excited about it maybe that's the next dimension that's worth unpacking here um i feel like my whole career was kind of like circling so far towards that um i've done some stuff in sort of early stage tech um on the investor side um in in emerging markets um i've done some stuff with um with ngos or un organizations um um i've done strategy stuff on the bcg side um then um within within dv venture build and and um i i feel like that's kind of um Um, within OpenSC, for many of those aspects, I've been able to sort of leave behind what I what I didn't like or think uh, brings what I want to bring forward forward and keep the things that I've learned from it. And we're in a pretty unique position as a venture that is a profit-seeking entity and therefore as nimble as any other startup, as as 
capable of using market mechanisms for rapid scaling, et cetera, et cetera. That's on one hand. On the other hand, all of our financial investors have pledged that any profits that may ever come from the investment into OpenSC will always go back into social and environmental causes. So it's perfectly clear to everybody that this is an impact first venture, which means we can behave like that. And so for me, it's really the sweet spot between um, what an NGO can do with regards to focus on impact, but then there's a lot of mechanisms there that they can't leverage that make startups a very successful um, way of human um, enterprising um, over the last decades. Um, and that's what we're trying to engineer here. Um, not too many people do that. But what is it exactly that OpenSC does? Okay, what does OpenSC do? Um, we build um, technology solutions to create transparency in supply chains. Um, and we believe that um, we're entering into a time where consumers will demand not only to hear bold and nice statements from companies to say, trust me, this is good, trust me, we've done all the right things, but where consumers will increasingly demand to see data-based evidence around that. Um, why? Because... Um, They can, and they're used to it in almost any other aspect of their lives. They have almost perfect information instantaneously, except when they buy physical goods, um, they are still expected to just believe that they come from where somebody says they come from, if they even give that information, um, and that um, they didn't harm the planet or the people in the supply chain too much. And what are the technical means would you achieve this? Like, how? what is the infrastructure which makes sure that this actually holy grail of supply yeah. chain transparency actually comes about? Yeah, I wish there was a um, holy grail or silver bullet around it. I think it's, it's really a, a combination of a lot of different technologies that have started to come into a realm where it makes sense to stitch them together into something that, that makes this more possible now than ever before. Um, and this is not a one-time step change. This is sort of a, a, a gradual um, culmination of, of, of multiple things here. So the first one is certainly sort of the um, increased availability of IoT sensors at a cost-effective level, right? So you can create a lot more data out there um, and sense that. As sensors become cheaper, you put them in more places, more data is collected, etc. The second one is around um, the advancements around analyzing that data. Um, you know, machine learning is a part of that, um, but certainly not the only one. And that enables you to really make sense and draw insights out of all of that new data um, collected. And then there's a blockchain component to it, because when you do that, there's trust issues that are inherent to it, right? So how do you believe that this is actually true if the data was purely handled by the company or institution that gets a benefit out of making a certain claim or not. Um, and um, that's something that we're trying to bridge with the use of decentralized technology. And in, in, you know, as a product manager, I have to ask about the stack, but on, yeah. <laughs> on building out that stack, yeah. where were actually biggest challenges? Like which part was perhaps harder than the other? And, and where did you, you know, where that did you find it sound? That makes it sound like we're at the end of that journey and we've solved it. Ah, uh, we're only okay, just starting. Good. We're only just starting to solve it. Um, the point I made about there not being a silver bullet is, um, you know, we're talking about essentially any physical product. Um, and there is a natural gravitation towards starting with food because people care a lot about the things that they ingest in their body. And then the next biggest thing is probably what they wear on their body and then everything else um, afterwards. It's oversimplifying it a little bit, but roughly. So, um, but... Uh, 
you can probably appreciate that you know it's very different to sense something about environment uh, or conservation or sustainability relevant about um, a wild fish being caught versus um, coffee being grown um, soy being grown or milk being produced right they're very different things and so um, what our job is is to find solutions for those individual commodities and production systems in different geographies of those commodities. Um, and then over time, figure out what are some of the common functionalities that are required to that. And then those are the ones that we truly productize and put together in a platform. And that hopefully makes it easier and easier over time to do the next commodity in the next geography, et cetera, et cetera. Still very much in discovery of that of that shape of the solution in a way, no? Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, who who nowadays builds a product and is finished at some point, right? Like it's always um, a, a continuous um, improvement of it. Um, this is probably a pretty strong case um, of that. Um, now, that shouldn't make it sound like you can't build sensible solutions right now to solve some of those issues you absolutely can that's why the timing is right and um, why we've started with that but um, there are certain application fields where it is more challenging and those are probably not the ones that we're going to tackle within the next 12 months and how does the part of being a dv portfolio but also a, a company built in a, in a close partnership with world wwf for, uh, should I call it so it doesn't sound like a box uh, or a wrestling <laughs> I always get confused so how does being part of that uh, organization help and uh, and how does it uh, fulfill the mission look I think SDV um, the core thesis behind DV is to build startups jointly with large corporates and to always build something that is advantaged by using one or multiple of the assets of that large corporate right um, and so when we thought about you know dv's contribution to the uh, amazing social impact work that the bcg group as a whole does best um, we thought well we should probably also do that with something that we do best which is build new ventures but instead of doing that with a large corporate do it with um the world's largest conservation ngo um which there was a really really strong relationship um between bcg and uh, wwf already and that tremendously helped um in the whole journey so we used the dv methodology um to find something that you can do either only because or at least a lot better and a lot more powerful because of the partnership and because of it being co-founded by WWF. Um, and so the, the main thing for us around that is that we work closely with WWF and whichever new supply chain we start working on, um, we have access to their network of experts from around the globe that have decades and decades of um, uh, experience in those supply chains around sustainability topics. They become an integral part of our teams uh, as we drive the discovery within supply chains, um, and that's invaluable. And um, I don't think anybody without – that's a really privileged position for us. Uh, we pay for that. We don't. That's not a donation, right? It's baked into our business model. Um, but but there's a really close collaboration um, with WWF, who are still um, a major shareholder. What are the ways in which other corporates have been involved in this? In in, in which way do they take part in OpenSC? Well, all of the supply chains that we're talking about, and our prioritization is a little bit is is basically along the lines of what WWF defines as high impact commodities. So those products. Um, or commodities that have the largest impact on the degradation of our planet in the widest sense. Um, now, all of these commodities are 
produced by, processed by, transported by um, large corporates. Um, so it's important for us to continue to use the skill set that we talked about before to working with those large corporates and the, and the humans within it um, to really drive the kind of thing that we're doing um, uh, forward, right? Typically, you also have multiple players within one uh, big supply chain. And so you start with somebody that you build a relationship with, and then you got to form a, a coalition of people or organizations within a supply chain to truly be able to do this end-to-end. -end. Yeah. And do you have... It's not a commodity, but essentially a lot of the thinking is how do we actually track carbon embedded in a lot of these supply chains? And is this something that OpenSea is addressing or planning to address? Or Out of the um, ongoing implementations that are live at the moment where we have teams actively working on it, um, the vast majority um, have GHG emissions in the broader sense, so not only carbon, but also other relevant GHG emissions um, as, as a really core element of looking at it. Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, um, we can solve from a sustainability perspective what we want if we don't solve the climate issue then um all the rest is um i don't want to say superfluous but um you it's know, not as impactful more, should yeah, we say yeah, yeah. yeah and what's your internal scaling kind of you know path so to speak so how many of people are kind of working actively in open sc yeah. and how do you see this kind of team evolving yeah. in there so we started with um, stealing equal parts from BCG Digital Ventures and WWF. Um, <laughs> thank you, Marco Lambertini, and um, thank you, Stefan Groselbeck. And um, we um, have scaled to almost 40 people now across wow. two physical offices. Um, we started out of Sydney, which frankly was somewhat coincidental. Just the people who wanted to build it happened to Uh, meet there. Um, we started Berlin as um, our second physical office. Um, and well, at the end of the day, we're working on global supply chains. So one of the challenges that we have to solve is how to do that as a startup, how to get that kind of footprint globally and work on those topics as a startup without um, needing to fly our teams halfway around the world. But do you see scaling to 400? And, and if there is a scaling, where do you see in which part? Is it more of a tech play? Is it more of a relationship play? You'll, you'll see that in, uh, in our next investor pitch deck. And cool. Then, um, <laughs> no, but um, in, in all honesty, I think there's, a, um, there's an element here around um, people-powered um, uh, sort of things that truly drive like discovery of new ways and methods of doing that. Um, and that part requires, if you want to scale, it requires um, to have more really good, excellent people to work on it, right? And so that's, that's part of um, what our growth is going to be. Um, but at the end of the day, it's then around building tech solutions that can scale without needing to add people power in a linear way to it. Um, and so I think that's the, that's the um, maybe not more important, but equally important part. Yeah. Talking about equally important, it's, it's, uh, it's fantastic to hear a great mission that OpenSC is on. But even as clever as you are, uh, we won't be able to do it alone. And a lot of people are asking almost which are other ventures, projects, initiatives that you, be, that you are inspired as an OpenSC team? Who else is, uh, is doing a good job on this front? That's a really good question. So I think in general... Um We don't actually define anybody as a straight-up competitor because this is a really new space um, and an evolving ecosystem. And uh, frankly, if you're the only one doing something, it just means your timing isn't right typically, right? I mean, sometimes you're just really good, but um, typically it means your timing isn't right. Um, and um, But I think it's then important to sort of find your space 
your place, your right to play in that evolving ecosystem. So if we call this evolving ecosystem supply chain transparency in the widest um, possible sense, then, you know, track and trace or traceability is a significant part of that. And one that has gotten a lot of media attention and one that we all know a lot of, you know, big players are into. Um, and I think some of those big players have a really good and valid reason to be there. Um, and some of the problems that they solve are also great. Um, really where we see our place and where we see ourselves to be uniquely advantaged is around um, sustainability focused topics. And that encompasses both conservation topics. So saving or contributing to saving the planet as well as, um, workers welfare or human rights, anti-slavery topics. Um, and so, um, on the one hand, we're advantaged with WWF being a co-founding organization. We talked about that a little bit. On the other hand, in our seed round, um, we took on some capital um, from um, an investment vehicle that was uh, founded and created by Humanity United, which is uh, Pierre Omidia, the eBay Founders um, Foundation. And they have a very strong focus on human rights, workers' rights, anti-slavery topics. And so um, that is really complementary to the expertise that we have from the conservation side with WWF. Um, and the reason why they invested in us is because they see the opportunity that we can create, and that's really at the core of OpenSC, automated data-based verification of specific claims as they pertain to conservation or to workers' rights topics. Interesting. And usually we ask uh, as a wrap-up uh, your advice for somebody building something else. But I'd like to make it more specific. Okay. There is a genuine momentum in sustainability topics. And I know there are a lot of, a lot of people, frankly, of all ages and all backgrounds, wondering what to build and how to build something yeah. that will have an impact. What would be your advice to them as an impactful entrepreneur? I, I wouldn't be an entrepreneur or a good entrepreneur if I didn't use this. Um, well, the first option is just join us. Um, we're hiring. Um, we're looking for great people. Always um, be hustling and hiring. <laughs> good. Um, uh, but no, I mean, find the thing that you think will have an impact um, and be bold in believing that we as humans, as society, will evolve in a direction where we will attribute also commercial and financial value to solving these problems. Just because you're sitting here right now and you're saying this could really solve, you know, whether it's carbon or whether it's something else in a specific um, uh, a segment, but you're struggling to see, you know, who's actually going to pay me for that. Um, I, I don't think, I mean, yes, it, you need to solve that in the medium term. Um, but don't be too scared to try and draw something out that if you find the right investor to back you through the early stages, um, that you could figure that out. Because I think we do have quite a strong shift, not only, but also especially within the investment community um, to recognize that. And so um, I think you need to be bold and you can, you can find something. Looking forward to seeing many impactful, sustainable ventures to be built. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. For more information about BCG Digital Ventures, find us on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Instagram, and stay tuned for more episodes of Buildcast. Cast.